right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a pilot of Aram Sergis show where we will be talking about product. And uh, the first episode is about product discovery. So let's start with that. Let's talk about product discovery. And the first one, and Ram, question to you is, what is the product discovery in a, in a, in a, on a high level? Yeah, sure. Good, uh, good first question. So um, product discovery could be, you know, many things, but really the goal is to get alignment uh, with you and whoever your agency partner is. It's to go through a series of tests to reduce risk uh, through experimentation and by, you know, ideally speaking to the customers. And then ultimately, uh, the end of discovery should be a conclusion of your pro of your um, future scope that you're going to be working on, where you have kind of validated what it is that you want to do. Um, uh, and you have a game plan on how you're actually going to go go do it um i think the part that is frequently missed is the importance of being able to speak and validate your business idea or whatever your product idea is with the actual people who are going to be using it in the discovery phase right and wh who is normally when we look at the discovery phase like who is normally involved in that process yeah, so typically on our end, uh, there's always a product manager involved who's typically running uh, the show. There's ideally a UX designer part of the process as well, thinking about things from like a user research um, and user experience standpoint. And then there is a developer who is more of an oversight capacity in terms of seeing the learnings that are coming out and trying to think about some of the, the feasibility of what would need to be done um after discovery so that there's always somebody kind of like you know uh validating or invalidating certain kind of hypotheses in terms of like the possibility of achieving them um and that typically also helps them when they get into the delivery side of things so that they have the knowledge they know what they did they know what they tested and you know they're kind of set up for success on the client side there's um the business stakeholders typically involved. So ideally that's the product owner uh, who's involved on the client side. The product owner is the one who really brings the business requirements or like uh, to us uh, in terms of like, here's the problem, here's what we need to figure out. Um, and they kind of give us that, that initial kind of like high level understanding of what we need to go and figure out. Um, sometimes on the client side, it could include their own designers. It could include, you know, people from different aspects of the business. Um, uh, who we would be solving the problem for that we have access to to uh, uh, do workshops with them to interview them to figure out like what's like a day in the life of you know them or even ideally when speaking to the customers what's like the main problem for the customers that we're trying to solve right uh, and how does how long if you were to for example take uh, an average client that uh, we work with uh, at CrowdLinker, like how normally l long does the discovery process take? Uh, but maybe you can give an example because it's so contextual. Yeah, so discoveries can take various shapes and forms. Um, on average, they take about four to six weeks. Um, in situations when they could take less time, like two to three weeks, is dependent on the level of uh, preparation that the client has put to date around that idea. 
So what I mean by that is um, if they already know what the problem statement is, if they've already gone and, you know, did their, done their own competitor and market research, if they've studied like um, uh, uh, the problem with the customers, spoke to them, you know, validated the hypothesis that they had and um, maybe already have wireframes done then for us to come in at that time, we're basically just getting acquainted with what they've done, uh, doing our own audit assessment of, of their results and seeing if it was done correctly or if there's any gaps. So, I mean, in that situation, it could take like, you know, two weeks uh, all, all in because, um, you know, the client has already gone and done a large part of the lift for us, which is obviously speaking to the clients and, you know, making sure that what they want to build is the right thing to build. Um, so the, the problem statement is obviously the first step on any kind of discovery. Uh, then there's research and then um, solution like conceptualization and then solution validation is typically the last stage of any discovery. Um, so the ones that take longer, like six weeks, are in situations where there's basically nothing. Where a client comes to us and says, I have this idea <laughs> and I think it's a problem. Uh, and uh, we think that if we do this and we speak to these people, then we can, you know, figure out what we need to do. All right. So it's like, cool. Lots of ifs and buts and assumptions there. Uh, so in those situations, we kind of go through it like A to Z. Um, we really kind of figure out, okay, who's the customer? Is it the right customer? How do we find them? Where are they? How do we speak to them? What should we ask them? Uh, what are we looking to get out of it? What's like this, what does success look like? Um, and then we're trying to look at everything also from the perspective later down the road when we're doing solution validation, which is like, uh, are we building the right thing? Have we presented maybe like um, a concept or a prototype to them that, you know, they went through with us where it kind of like confirms what we're trying to create? Are they going to maybe give us some sort of like commitment to use the product um, and be like evangelist for it uh, through the co-creation process? And that's really important. I think discovery is all about co-creation with your target audience, if that's possible. Uh, because then you're basically getting a whole group of early users who are building the product with you based on um, based on their own kind of pain points that uh, you're trying to um, help them solve. Right. What do you uh, think that uh, companies uh, need to, who are doing the discovery process, need to think more about? Maybe they're not uh, doing uh, at the moment, or maybe they need to do better job of, uh, in general, to uh, have a more effective um, discovery process. Yeah. So some things that typically happen is in, in certain, um, projects we worked on clients came to us already with like, um, a design that they've created. Um, and we're like, how did you come up with this design? We're like, well, you know, I thought this was the best way to kind of make my solution work. And so, you know, the red flags that we go off there is like, Normally, I, you know, I want to say maybe between 80 to 90% of the time, every product idea that you already have has already been done. And so why try to go and reinvent the wheel as well when you could go and study the competitors? You could look at the market. You could 
do a teardown of like user flows of existing com com uh, you know competitor solutions to see well, how did they do it you know what are the things that i missed uh there's like a lot of writing on the wall in a lot of cases which people just don't do uh the biggest biggest one is discovery in many ways is supposed to validate something you know it's either you're trying to validate your idea it's you're trying to validate access to those users um like where do i find them how much is going to cost for me to acquire them uh so uh or if it's a very technical project let's do a proof of concept and so and a lot of companies just don't do any of those things they don't uh, go and try to figure out how to reach those customers and actually put up a landing page, run some ads to it, see what the cost acquisition is going to look like, uh, what are the most feasible uh, ad platforms or you know s social platforms in order to have a sustainable potential for uh, for user growth. Um, if it's a very technical product, like a lot of them, just write out all these requirements and they know all oh, these data sources exist. I know because I looked at the API docs and it's there. It's a very different reality when you actually go and do a proof of concept about pulling that data, analyzing it, and seeing if there's anything like um, usable in the in those findings. Because it would be a lot more expensive and painful for you to come to that realization when you're already in development. So yeah. they're just some what examples. There's a bunch. <laughs> what do you think uh, are the top three questions that clients always ask you about discovery that come up over and over again. Yeah. How long is it going to take? How much is it going to cost? What's the value for me? Oh, these are pretty standard. I expected something <laughs> more sophisticated, but maybe I should have. No, have. I mean, it's uh, sometimes people just don't appreciate the importance of discovery. And unfortunately, um, a lot of them brush it off and then you know, we're working on something which we're not totally set on is the right approach um, because the client already did a bunch of research and, you know, sometimes they like to kind of be firm and say, no, this is like what I believe. So it's like, okay. But the problem is, is that you, those mistakes accelerate exponentially when you're going through then the design and development and launch phases. Like we worked with one client, they spent six hundred thousand dollars not with us only but you know in total building out a product spent a year building it um launched it uh we helped them acquire all the users early on um during our kind of like discovery phase uh who signed up through like uh landing pages and we got like a, i don't know th maybe 1500 or 2000 signups um but then by the time the product launched, it was like 10 months later and they never kept in contact with those people who initially expressed interest and they built something not speaking to their customers once. And so when they actually launched the big reveal, it was crickets. Everybody's like, who are you again? What did I sign up for? Oh yeah, what does this product do? And then it's like, they realized that, well, that's not what I thought it is. So oh, yeah. big lesson there is like, when you're building out any product, if you're a startup founder or even an enterprise, having that very close contact with your paying customers is like so important because otherwise you're just building a product for one user, which is you. 
Probably not a good idea. I, we, we just spoke with a uh, head of product at uh, Typeform, Kabir, from, uh, who is in San Francisco, and, and he is on the partnership side. So he gave this uh, interesting perspective, which I think we should talk more about on our podcast, is the importance of communities, the increasing importance of communities in the context of product development. That, that will be more and more and more important, and the requirements or the features that the product will have will be not only driven by the user, but they will be also uh, dramatically, uh, a lot of them will be driven by what the community actually wants. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I think, um, what can I say here? I think uh, communities are something that are irreplaceable or they're very hard to replicate. So what I mean by this is when building out a product, or any kind of business, the more kind of like um, engagement you have with your users at the very beginning, all the way through to launch and then post-launch via these communities is something that a competitor cannot go and replicate. That becomes exactly. in many ways your IP because it's very hard to go and win a customer and you know keep them on your product for you know a certain amount of time. There's so much churn in uh in SaaS and um trying to keep them engaged and coming back all the time is very difficult so communities are a great way to uh get these like-minded people who share a common problem discussing things within a you know a private environment and then you coming in as that listener and like you know you know probing questions here or there because you're basically getting like real-time intelligence or the richest type of data you could possibly get if your the community closest look feedback yeah the closest feedback loop you could ever have and it's like free in a way right you're not paying for any ads um you've just nurture you're nurturing and generating a user base uh for your product which is uh, you know similar in terms of mindset and the problems that they're facing so Anytime you want to do any type of survey or, you know, feature poll test or whatever, you have that f audience right in your uh, line of sights. Um, so that's where I think a lot of companies are really starting to look at. There's a lot of growth in Discord and, you know, you know using that as like a solution Slack as well. Um, but I think the companies that successfully have a thriving community are the ones that are going to be successful because they, in my opinion, care about what their customers want the most. Now, I'm going to ask a question. Uh, is uh, Since we are a product uh, agency, I want to start with a question of when people should not go with the product agency, product studio. When does it not make sense? Yeah, good question. When does it not and maybe make it sense? is in the context, Rob, in the context of a discovery. Yeah. So I think... Um, one, I think working with an agency, you have to realize that there is a cost involved. And the other thing to keep in mind is that that cost potentially to do discovery is, is and always will be cheaper than you trying to go and hire uh, a group of specialists in, like, in, in that role. So like, if you were to try and go and create your own team and you bring on you know, a product manager, a designer, a marketer, and a developer, you know, if you have the money to front that or you're giving up a lot of equity, 
that's a different matter because that in long term is just going to cost you a lot more um, down the road. But um, the importance of a discovery, I think, is is key. So like either you work on it yourself, which is what I like to recommend if you have that capability or you have that knowledge to be able to go do some of these things yourself, like go and find the customers, go speak to your customers, um, do customer development, you know, interview them, understand, you know, what their pain points, what are they willing to pay for? That requires a bit of grit, perseverance, sales mentality, you know, and a little bit of understanding of product as well. If you could go do that, great, because then you, when you come to us, you're going to be a, a lot more prepared. You would have had a lot more of those questions that we would ask you done and then we could like go and more focus on the delivery side of actually getting this to market when you shouldn't come to us is when you really don't know you know what you want to (laughs) do because it's just going to cost you a lot of money you're going to be potentially burning Um, because then it's really on us then to do that job for you which is possible in certain situations if you have that runway and maybe you're like a serial entrepreneur and you've done this a few times and you're like, okay, I don't know exactly what it is, but let's go, let me hire this company. They'll do the discovery for me. And, um, you know, I'll learn, you know, through, through that process, wh- what I should be focusing on, what I should go and build. Um, not that many type of people like that, to be honest, that we've worked with maybe like two. Um, so, reverse all of what you said and that is the, these are the reasons why you sh- when you should come to us yeah i mean you you you, sh- you should come to us when you at least have an understanding you've done a little bit of validation you have like maybe an idea in your head that you've maybe spoken to a few people about that we could go and explore further so that there's at least something for us to cling on to um early on um otherwise we just might be spinning a few cycles you know early on which is normal for a lot of people that we work with until we kind of get our footing and like understand what we're doing but for a lot of people who come to me they might be first-time founders and they just like you know they're asking us to do these type of things when it should be really on them as a founder to go and do these things first and then find a partner, I, I would say, when there's a bit more footing in place in terms of what they want to achieve. And they have the ability to to bankroll it as well. Um, because it's not it's not cheap, it's not really ex- it's not super expensive to work with us, but at the same time, like you know, you need to have like some sort of budget in mind that you're willing to commit to and then some sort of like runway that y- you could uh, um, plan out that we could be working with with you on. Now, uh, short blitz style questions around to finish off our first episode and one line, two line answers. Uh, let's see what uh, you're going to say. All right. Uh, uh, some of them are product, some of them are not product. Advice to a 30 year old self, what would you say? I'm only uh five years off of that so if I was to go (laughs) five years back um, I'd probably want to pick up a bit more uh, tradecraft and skill sets around um, around technology like in terms of like like programming um, being able to be 
you know, fluent in in like at least the the basics, so that I could have a better ability to grasp certain certain things personally, and not always be relying on others in order in order to see like the rationales being made. Um, that's one I would say. I would say the other one is probably. Hmm. That's good. That's good. But yeah. we'll come back to it. That's yeah. actually even uh, that's even too long. The whole too purpose long. is All making right. it Sorry. short. Uh, what might you do to accomplish your ten-year-old goal in the next six months if you had a gun against your head? <laughs> <laughs> My ten-year goal. Well. Yes. Okay. Simply, I'm ten years into the company already. Um. You know, I've tried a few acquisitions and exits for the company. Didn't work. Um, my 10-year goal now would be to successfully raise like a microfund and do our own lab projects um, where we're building our own products again um, as a way to diversify just our professional service business. What product people should start doing tomorrow to ship better stuff? Um, always asking the question of, you know, is what I'm building the right thing? Um, why am I doing things the way I am? And ultimately just having a very frequent feedback loop with your customer base like on a bi-weekly basis. At what point it makes sense to throw money at the product problem? When you've hit product market fit and you need to scale. So like ideally you found the problem, you validated it, you have some growth, you know what you need to do in order for it to succeed. It just comes down to scaling and with scaling, you just need more money in order to kind of hit your goals faster because sometimes it's time box or you only have a certain amount of time to achieve that real kind of like uh, growth potential in your business. So money is always a thing that can go and help you solve that. There you go. Uh, guys, this is the first episode. We are at 25 minutes and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it uh, and we will uh, do it again. Yeah.